welcome to Turning Your Cruising Dreams into Reality podcast. My name's Jackie Parry and I'm glad to have your company. Today I'm going to take you to San Francisco. This is where we brought Piwacket and we have marvellous friends there who put us up or maybe put up with us while we search for our boat. It's always fascinating to look at the entrances of new places and while there was no what we know in Australia as bar to cross in San Francisco, the enormous currents can cause a real problem if you mistime them. We also visited a place we didn't expect to visit after leaving San Francisco and there was an extraordinary welcome for us there. We nearly didn't make it into that port because we were being chased in by a storm and they nearly closed it on us as we arrived. This episode is brought to you by Pantenius Yacht Insurance. It crept stealthily, silently blanketing everything in its path. It looked soft, but I knew the secrets it hid and the dangers that lurked beneath its cotton wool subterfuge. No, I'm not writing a script for a tacky horror movie. I'm talking about the fog in San Francisco. Fog is one of my greatest fears when sailing. I become tense and moody. Yet the rips, currents and ties in San Francisco Bay made an interesting aside, adding a dollop of daring to the exhilaration of traversing these waters. Reading the tide tables in San Francisco is a twofold task. In addition to the times of the tides are the overruns, the flow information. Understanding this date is essential or you could be pushing a five knot current. Viewing the great Golden Gate Bridge from land, I wondered if we would ever sail beneath its grandiose structure. Atop a hill on terra firma, peering down into the harbour, the rips and overfalls made themselves known. Vessels stuck in their grips slowly lost the battle. Those that timed it right flew under the bridge at the speed that was almost as scary. San Francisco is one of the most diverse and exciting cities we have had the pleasure to visit. It has a unique cultural tapestry and is a gay hub in more ways than one. Open water vistas are just waiting for a breath of wind to kick up into a brutal chop. Combined with the myriad of shallows, this recipe can cause even the seasoned sailor some difficulty. An extensive ferry system zigzags its way around the bay. At the terminal, sweets, coffee and donut vendors create a jungle of scintillating smells that create mayhem, compounding a complete disorientation. Ticket sales take a poor second place behind an array of donuts. It took us an hour, two coffees and several sweet sticky things to locate the ticket booth. The city's vibrancy is unsurpassed, but can be exhausting. The famous Pier 39 is packed with colourful locals and international visitors. Tourist attractions are scattered between the sea lines. Our memories of cavorting with these playful creatures in the Galapagos Islands came flooding back. Here, they are both an attraction and a pest. 
Your nose is assorted with a fishy smell some time before sighting the slippery creatures. Like shiny black sandbags, they flop all over each other for the prime position. They are attracted to a square of major mooring real estate. They've claimed this space as their own and are now protected from developers. The boaters find them a pest. Boarding platforms are a favourite sunbathing position for these lovable but odious creatures. We found our boat, Piwacket, in the salty suburb of San Rafael. While searching, we would capture the chance to investigate exalted creeks, bays and inlets. All via car, we followed winding lanes that vanished around the corner of buildings, drawing us in with our incurable curiosity and desire for adventure. The land travel here is a nightmare. Firstly, they sit on the wrong side of the road. During the first 10 minutes in the hire car, we tasked ourselves with crossing a six-lane highway. I said to Noel, who was driving at the time, It's clear, you can cross now. To which he said, Yes, but how? A GPS navigator is prerequisite to keep imminent divorce at bay. Care must be taken as to which suburbs you choose to stop in. Around San Francisco, there are more than 40 neighbourhoods and no two are the same. Central San Francisco is a mix of vibrant madness that we could dip our toes into with a visit via car. But a brief trip to town is enough. On board Piwacket, we stayed at Richmond Marina, a place where everyone you meet says, be home by dark. Here the streets have a unique diversity. One road is lined with the wealthy, the very next a ghetto where we found our legs pumping that bit harder on our push bikes. A local claimed it to be one of the most dangerous cities in the state. The marina itself is safe, with barbed wire and 24-hour security. During the day, we stayed together. We did not go out at night. That said, we did not receive one impolite word from anyone, let alone witness any aggressive behaviour. San Francisco has the fourth largest population in California, which makes it 12th in the USA. Because of its size, it is the second most densely populated city in the States, with a lively history of earthquakes. While staying in our sailing friend's house in Oakland, which is a suburb of San Francisco, they explained with disconcerting nonchalance that we were all sitting right on the Howard Fort Line. There is also the neighbouring San Andreas Fort, which caused severe earth movements in 1906 and 1989. Our friends added that should an earthquake occur, if the house doesn't crush us, the enormous dam just over the hill will erupt and drown everyone in the valley, including us. In 1991, a firestorm destroyed almost 4,000 homes, killing 25 people in Oakland Hills. It was the worst firestorm in American history at the time of writing. Whether bushfires or earthquakes, San Franciscoans are a hardy, tenacious lot who share this frightening information with an easy shrug. Commencing our farewell to San Francisco, we anchored overnight in the bay at Treasure Island to catch the tides and a dawn escape. 
as we guided past Alcatraz, thoughts of incarceration and the death of freedom made us shudder. The famous bridge beckoned and with a gentle ebb flow we silently sailed under the splendid structure. The closest turbulence we experienced was the unruly grin smeared across our faces. Our trip south served up just two small fog patches, which still managed to increase my heart rate enough to create more silver highlights. We only scraped the surface in San Francisco. I think you need to be at least 10 years younger, have 10 times as much money, much more money, and time and patience than we do. Avoiding summer when fog is a daily event is the key. Autumn has the best weather and put on a fine display during our trip. For us, it was time to see other parts of California, preferably quieter towns with a slower pace. 25 miles south of San Francisco sits Half Moon Bay. We anchored on the first night and delighted at being on the road again. We left as dawn parted the darkness. Weaving through the crab pots into deeper water, we agreed to overnight as we headed south. Storms were gathering momentum in this part of the world. Two nights later, we darted into Morrow Bay to avoid a forecast gale for the Point Conception area, just south of our location. Point Conception is legendary. It is California's answer to Cape Horn. Tying up to the Yacht Club at Morrow Bay, we were offered a beer and the use of a car within 10 minutes. So we had thoughts of staying forever. The relief of a safe port was heightened by the heart-pumping action just before crossing the bar. Pie racket was going great. During our about-to-cross-the-bar check, we discovered diesel spraying over the hot engine, an engine which had been running continuously for 24 hours. We had yet to install a blower in the engine bay to remove the heat and fumes. One tiny spark from the alternator or the tangled mass of wiring that festooned underneath the injectors and blammo, fried pie wackets. The spraying fuel was coming from the little return lines that run from the injectors. One had split and one had come off entirely. The tubes, which we later found out were not fuel rated line, were common old clear plastic that, in the heat, had almost melted to soft and gooey bomb fuses. At this point we were 10 minutes from the approach to the Morrow Bar. We had been receiving weather warnings all night on the VHF, forecasting a gale and the onset of four to six metre swells. Morrow Bar entrance was announcing possible closure at midday. At this point it was 11am and we were just a little tense. Noel put his hand straight onto the spare fuel line. In the panic, we were not going to turn off the engine. We were not sure it would start again. This was the fear-driven logic at the time. While replacing the split tubes, fuel dribbled everywhere. And we thought, hey, this is about right for a fire. Fortunately, it all worked. Cleanup was easy and environmentally friendly. The bar gave us a few heart-stopping moments, especially as the sandbanks skimmed down our sides. Adding to all the excitement, America, in its wisdom, has navigation boys, 
hear they're pronounced buoys on the wrong side. When entering a port, everything is opposite to what we're used to and opposite to most of the rest of the world. And green is on port and red is on starboard as you enter. So that kind of sounds easy, just swapping everything around. But if your mind is filled with the thoughts of having a potential fire on board, it does create a bit more adrenaline. We sat for a few days at Morro Bay, one day complete with a hangover. It would have been easy to stay and lap up the friendly town's hospitality. The forecast hurricane winds in a week's time pushed us on. We wanted to be further south before they hit. After another two days south, we arrived at Newport Beach in California still. We could pick up a mooring here for five US dollars a night. Coupled with great protection from the developing low, we were somewhat relieved to be here. There is a free anchorage area, but one person must always stay on board. Public docks are provided as a dinghy park. With a 20 minute bike ride, we are in the boat, we are in boat shop heaven. Best of all is Minnie's Yacht Surplus, a huge store overflowing with second-hand gear. Their prices are fair and they are world famous for international supply of second-hand sales. The staff are great fun. On Saturdays they provide delicious bagels washed down with fresh coffee. We always left smiling, even if we had just emptied our wallets. Christmas had come and gone, with no friends or family and many boat tasks to fulfil, which were solar panels, wind generators and a wind vane, we ignored the festivities and both our birthdays. We had planned to be in San Diego by now. We might have ignored Christmas on board, but you could hardly ignore the town's Christmas Harbour boat parade. With prime seats for six nights, we watched their spectacular 101st Christmas parade. Each night, 50 to 60 boats lit up like Christmas trees paraded around the harbour. The Golden Gate Bridge is the entrance to another world and recommencement of our cruising life. California was welcoming and made us feel at home. They have been witness to our new beginning back on board. Next stop, San Diego, then a whole new world in Mexico. I hope you had fun on our adventures there. There were some heart-stopping moments. Another lesson learned to check everything on board, which we thought we had. Um, we didn't expect some fuel return lines to be such poor quality. There's lots more articles and podcasts and pictures on our website, sistershiptraining.com. Do pop along and say hello. I wandered through the last part of that story if you heard a, a horse making a noise while recording this. I'm in a, I like to call it a rec recording studio, but it's actually a, a quite a grotty caravan on our property while we're still building our house. This is an area, area I use for a bit of quiet and I have four rescued horses and one of my younger boys has just shown me how he gets through the fences sneaks under them to go to a place where there's more grass where he shouldn't be and he's right outside my window and uh, making lovely horse noises 
you hear that thudding now, that's him walking on rocks. That's another part of my life. Horses and sailing seem to come hand in hand for many people. That's all I've got time for today. I really hope you enjoyed that. And in the meantime, for the next story, I wish you all safe sailing.